0: terms and conditions
1: apply it's brand new season two
6: Follow money. the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly
2: Howard on V Top of the morning to you. It is Follow the Money here on V the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard with you, live in downtown Las Vegas from the circa. Resort and Casino coming up today over the next three hours. Loaded program, Matt Humans, vsin.com senior editor, host right here on vsin in 45 minutes. A very cool contest show that he is doing throughout the football season. He'll tell you about that and some picks that he likes this week. Paul Stone in 90 minutes, a couple of college bets with him. The great Peter King to preview the NFL season in an hour and 45 minutes. He is the best NFL writer in the entire country. We'll go down his Super Bowl pick, which, by the way, he has nailed three years in a row. He actually had the matchup, the exact matchup four years ago, but he had the wrong winner. And we're talking about before the season starts. Oh, yeah. And Adam Schernoff sure yeah. on the show as well. Some controversial picks, too, was I I would say it. so. His playoff picks, yes. Yeah. So I had a ticket on Clemson in pocket last night at minus 20 from a few weeks back, right? They did open up uh, 18, 18 and a half. It got as high as 24 and a half last night, Paulie, before the game kicked off. Are we... So, yep. sure, they should have covered that game last night? No, they shouldn't have. No
7: way. I don't know why you're throwing the ball with a minute left. Uh, Brad Powers, big bad Brad got 18. Uh, Avalanche of Clemson support. You can add Georgia Tech to the list, like with Virginia Tech and Navy, about what the hell happened. Used to be a good program. I mean, again, that's just, I can't believe that trash was on television last night. National TV, they've won three games three years in a row. And, and numerous people uh, that we respect like them under their win total this year. So, I mean, right off the bat, the first— <laughs> First play
2: of well, the th- game. Think about how many when... things had to go wrong for oh. Jot Tech for Clemson to cover this game. And by the yeah. way, Books got beat up pretty good. Oh, yeah. On that one, obviously, with that line movement and some big money line parlays that came in. But you're right. First play, INT. Then a block punt. Beautiful field position for Clemson. Uh, that was not an easy touchdown. They had to go for it on fourth right. down to score. Right. Then it's like it's 14 10, third quarter, 17 10, five to go in the third quarter. Another block punt. Uh, very fortunate. I feel. Um, Lucky today that Clemson covered that game, and that this is not your—you uh, know—this is not Clemson from a couple years ago. Defensively, maybe again, but right. on offense, whoo. Well, that's that's
7: not that's just, that's not an outlier. I mean, this is—I give a lot of people credit pointing out Watson covered up a lot of things that stunk, and Lawrence. It goes back to the scheme sucks. bet No creativity. bro. The trash that they're running on offense. Yep. And it's been that way for a long, long time. They just had great players offensively, and, and stud-wide receivers. So, I mean, everyone was losing their minds saying make a quarterback change. D.J. doesn't seem to be the answer. Uh, can they survive in what appears to be a down year for the ACC yet again? Don't know about Miami. They go to A&M coming up, looking forward to that. They catch the break with Wake with Hartman out. You get NC State at home, but you have to go to Florida State and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was good. I You know, we asked Reese Davis, are they in that mix here of, uh, of the playoff teams? And you see their preseason ranking at four. But watching that last night, you can't say they belong. Not, no, not right no, now.
2: No, no. This this is one of the teams at the very top that could stumble. And, mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, a lot of hype about Utah going into this season, about Utah maybe making the playoff to uh, get in past one of those top four teams. Well, this would be the team, a team like Utah would actually get by. And I'm just throwing Utah out there as the example. But other teams that might be able to sneak up, sneak in. Yeah, they, they can, I mean, they did catch a huge break with no Hartman against Wake Forest. The game against Florida State, the game against Notre Dame, those probably will not be easy here for Dabo. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because they are not that explosive anymore on offense. And it is a, to me, I mean, all, not all five-star kids are created equal, right? Uh, I mean, the drop-off from Watson and Lawrence to DJ is uh, significant, in my opinion. Sure. And, and probably everybody's opinion. And I think losing Venables is big, too. Although you're
7: not going to see it because Georgia Tech doesn't have much firepower. Yep. But I think that'll uh, that'll play a factor once they play some good quarterbacks coming up. While well, the schedule gets going. But okay. uh, you're right. I mean, that is just throwing the ball that late. And outside. Out, you take out the block punt. I mean, they, they didn't generate much offense in the first half.
2: Yeah. So that caps off week one. We'll move ahead to uh, week two and give you some um, some really good stuff that you can find at vcin.com. Power ratings, uh, projected point spreads coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh, that's available on the website. How about some NFL stuff here? Uh, are we positive the Packers are going to go off as the favorite against the Vikings Still pretty much one and a half everywhere. I would say this. Uh, if you want to bet Minnesota on teasers to go through the seven, you might want to do it today. Uh, because I don't know if the Vikings are not going to be the favorites. I think they probably will be in this game. The right. report. Now yesterday, Tom Silverstein, who covers the Packers in that state, uh, their head coach, Matt LaFleur, said that he's hopeful rookie wide receiver Christian Watson will play on Sunday. He was non-committal with wide receiver Alan Lazard, who was sidelined last week for undisclosed reasons? Now, what did you hear coming in or yesterday
7: about this? doesn't look good. I mean, fantasy standpoint, betting line, you might, you're right. It's a perfect storm. Minnesota hype, Green Bay early season struggles. Rodgers has struggled in Minnesota. And now you might not have your number one wide receiver. Yeah.
2: Which it could be uh, personal issues or, you know, one report was it an injury or yeah, I don't know what I, the hell's going on. I, yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but listening to like the fantasy world, And remember, Paul Charchin said last week, Alan Lazard, you can sneak him in as a wide receiver number two. He's going to get that many targets. He's going to be, you know, Rogers' number one guy. I heard people last night today saying they already put Lazard on the bench this week. Oh, They hate the way that this sounds. Uh So let's just pretend for a second here that Lazard does not go, and he's going to be like the clear number one guy. And I don't know about Christian Watson either. He was dinged up in the preseason. Right. Uh, Again, when he says, quote, hopeful, eh, okay, I don't know. So Rogers is going to throw the ball to Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, and now the fifth round pick Romeo Dobbs, which would be good for me potentially as a rookie. Uh, you know, bet him rookie of the year. Well, I have full confidence in him. I
7: think he's. No, a, I think he's a good a, player. A, yeah. yeah, I think he's going to have a big year. But you, oh, the, your first two, sure. You don't know about Lazard, and, and Watson is. You don't know about him either. This is. But this is you know, it, it, Pro Football Talk said injury. Our guy, it's always Miller time. Dan Miller behind the glass says
2: uh, maybe he just ran off the field. Yeah. I mean, it just just took off, and who knows what the hell happened. It sounds shaky at best right now. I mean, we are week one coming up on Sunday here, folks, <laughs> yes, and you're getting so this stuff time. from the head coach. It's go time. That's yeah. right. So I, I yeah. do Peter King's story this week. The the you know projections, the predictions, the opinions that he has. I like what he wrote about Green Bay because he does have Green Bay in the Super Bowl against Buffalo, uh-huh. and he said Rodgers is at his best when people doubt him. Well, there's a lot of doubt about Rodgers this year because of no more Devontae Adams. But again, if you keep stripping weapons away, whoa, man, oh man,
7: I will disagree with that. He's right in the regular season. Again, Rodgers has been a little James Hardenish here with his issues in the playoffs and losing home playoff games and not getting over that hump in the NFC title. You are correct. It's a uh, indictment of the organization with lack of help and the issues in the draft. And how the hell can you only have two combined Super Bowls with Farvin and Rodgers for that long, right? but mm-hmm. he's also done it to himself too. I mean, you want to be on that Mount Rushmore here. You like can you win some of these games? I mean, you keep losing at home in, in NFC title games and getting tripped up by Kaepernick and some of these guys
2: in uh, in playoff games that you shouldn't be, shouldn't lose. Yeah. Now, LaFleur is optimistic about two of their offensive linemen, Bakhtiari and Jenkins, so that would be massive. And I maybe this is this team is, you know, this year really is going to morph into and I know there's been a big narrative about this anyway throughout the summertime. But this is going to be maybe a run-first offense? I think he
7: just made the case for the under. Between the uncertainty of Lazard, you love the Green Bay defense. Who doesn't? They have shored up the special teams with Basaccia. You hope it can't be any worse. The Vikings bring Smith over, steal him from Green Bay. I, I would think uh, maybe
2: you're with, with the run-first offense, yes. Maybe it should be a, a lower-scoring game and go under the total. Yeah, and I do agree with people who are suggesting that Jones is going to be used as a, as a wide receiver as well. I would split him out, get him one-on-one if you can. He's a pretty good receiver out of the backfield, so that is uh that that appears to be a good uh, good idea for the and company there as well. Yeah. Thielen, yeah. big year. Finally healthy for the first time in a long time. I think so, yeah. Big red it, zone weapon threat. I think the combination yep. there is going to be really, really good. And now Irv Smith back in the fold, who I was really high on Irv Smith last year when it came to season-long props. He got hurt right away before the season started, so that kind of obviously took the wind out of my sails on some of those bets that I made. Fantasy as well, yep. but... Uh, I like him as a target overall. Right, and I know
7: uh, it, it, the more, more of these reports come out that they at the end it got ugly and they couldn't stand Zimmer. So yeah. with, with the shot in the arm from maybe energized the locker room chemistry and definitely,
2: oh, most definitely creativity with the play oh, call yeah. and getting O'Connell in yep. there. And we finally got the Steelers depth chart yesterday as well. I don't think too many people should be surprised by this. Mike Tomlin is going to go with uh, Mitchell Trubisky in week one. Against the Bengals.
7: Yep, right move. Uh, could be a playoff team. Again, they made the playoffs, and the quarterback play was atrocious with Ben. The surprise to me is Pickett is third string on the depth chart. Now, some people are saying that, say, hey, come on, Rudolph, you want a shot? No one's trade for him. I can't imagine. But uh, Pickett, third on the depth chart. So uh, yep. I would say slow down there. But the, the, the right move, good move. Also captain. So go get him Sunday Mitchell. And we'll see what this I think this can be a feisty team here. And I, I think they win more games than the Browns and could surprise people.
2: Yeah, their win totals right now, they're, they have the alt ones up over at Bet Rivers. You can bet over six and a half. That's minus two dollars. The under is plus one sixty. The standard win total is seven and a half. Win eight games. Go eight and nine with the Steelers. Or to go nine and eight or better than that, over eight and a half is plus one sixty. Mm-hmm. And you've heard 14,000 times this year that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record with the Steelers. And he has had some garbage there at quarterback before. Yes, he has. When Ben got hurt, yep. when Ben played last year, all of the above. Uh, that defense is going to be legit yet again this year. And I know this about Trubisky. They have weapons, man. They have really good receivers, and they have a complete stud at running back. If the offensive line is pretty good, uh, or better this year, I should say, may- maybe they can ex- you know, extract some of that 2018 Bears out of uh, Trubisky uh, this year. Yeah,
7: that could be a 3-1 and start. I mean, you expect them to lose Sunday at Cincinnati, but then it's Patriots, Browns, Jets.
2: Those are all winnable games. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yep. So some big news now that we have uh, football only a couple of days away. And then, of course, week one coming up on Sunday. The first hour of Follow the Money is presented exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at the website, which is betrivers.com. Up next, win some, lose some, and a ton of new features on the network and at vsin.com we'll share some of the biggest power rating adjustments after week one in college football coming up here on follow the money it's vsin the sports betting network
5: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for
9: more. Is follow the
7: money on
2: vSIN. Time now for a deep dive here on vSIN with Matt Humans. vSIN has a team of experts on every sport who write, post, and join us on vSIN for their exclusive analysis. We'll get Matt's uh, bets for week two in college football and the NFL coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, and Matt does join the program right now, obviously. But he also has a very cool and exciting new NFL contest football football contest betting show on Fridays here on Veasan. Matt, this is really cool, man. Tell us, uh, t- tell us about it here.
9: Yeah, we talked about it last uh, Friday night. Derek Stevens was in studio, and uh, I have to uh, say thanks to Derek for getting behind this contest. I told him about the old uh, Stardust Invitational and how uh, it'd be cool to recreate that at Circa. And he said, let's do it. So he put up $25,000, and uh, we've got 16 handicappers in an invitational. We're going to kick it off this Friday night. You can use uh, – you have your five best bets, of college and NFL sides in totals. And uh, we're going to do this uh, every week for 18 weeks. Starting in week nine, the last-placed contestant gets cut, and we're going to cut the last place guy every week for eight straight weeks. And uh, we got a pretty good lineup here. Chuck Edel. You guys know Chris the Bear Steve Fezzett, Doug Kazarian, uh, Mark Lawrence won the last Stardust Invitational in 2005. Mm. Randy McKay, Mike North, Aaron Rending, James Salinas, Paul Stone. We have some other um, professional betters in the contest that uh, maybe the listeners don't know so well, but I think it's going to be cool for um, for anyone who watches and uh, listens to VCN on Friday nights to hear what these uh, guys zero in on as their five best plays for the weekend in college football in the NFL, and uh, they're going to use the Circa Sportsbook lines as of Friday mornings.
2: Okay, very good. Now, how about some bets that you like this week in college football? Uh We touched on this briefly yesterday. Circa opened up Arizona against Miss State, Miss State like around 7. Okay, there was another book across the country that opened up 14.5. Well, now (laughs) it's kind of meeting in the middle a little bit, and you can find Arizona at around plus 11. You like the dog here?
9: Yeah, 14-and-a-half is too many. I, I can't believe that. Let's split the difference. I'll take the 11 that's in the circuit right now. Uh, my biggest regret from last weekend is not playing Arizona as a dog at San Diego State. I looked at that game for two months, thought that Arizona was going to be live, never met the Wildcats. And of course, they rolled the Aztecs 38-20. to 20. I really think uh, Jaden DeLora, the transfer quarterback from Washington State, is going to make a big difference on this team. Plus, they've got some, uh, some big-time whiteouts. Arizona's got speed it didn't have before. This is a team that lost 23 of its uh, previous 24 games. It's a totally different team. Arizona rushed for 162 yards against a good San Diego State defense. Delora passed for 299 and four touchdowns with one pick. Now, the difference in this game is night and day. You go from defending a San Diego State offense that has no quarterback and no, no passing game. To a Mississippi State offense, it's all about the passing game. Will Rogers put up huge numbers last week, and Mississippi State rolled it up on Memphis. I, uh, I think Arizona's better than the betting market's given me credit for. When I did the Pac-12 preview for the, the College decent college football betting guide, I kept thinking to myself, and this Arizona team's going to be a lot better. I don't know how many wins are going to show up on the schedule, but I really like the personnel. And uh, we saw it in week one against San Diego State. I think we'll see it again here. In week two, I expect uh, Arizona to be really competitive, maybe have a shot to win this game. Um, Like you said, open 7.5 at Circa. I'll take the 11 with uh, the Cats in Tucson.
2: A high total in this uh, Stanford-USC game. We were kicking around maybe the under in this game previous segment. Mm -hmm. Uh, 65.5 seems a bit high. It opened up USC around 12 in this game, now down to 9 Lincoln Riley's crew, they were very impressive last week in the opener. But, you know, David Shaw, I mean, it's not pretty with this guy. He likes to muck it up. Who do you like here?
9: Well, I like Stanford a lot when it was uh, double digits. I still like Stanford a little bit, of plus nine. This was one of the opening lines that jumped out at me right away because Stanford's another team that I thought in the Pac-12 was going to be much improved. It was not going to be given uh, much credit by people early in the season. Tanner McKee is one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. Emmett Smith's son, EJ, is a really good running back. And you can see that last week he broke off a couple of big runs. Obviously, it's against the Colgate defense, but how much better is the USC defense than Colgate? I'm not sure. You know, last week against Rice, you couldn't really see a lot, but I still have a lot of doubts about this USCD. Uh, so I'm going to give Stanford a, a, a shot here. The, the Cardinal upset USC on the road last year. Uh, you'll remember that as a big underdog. And I think uh, Stanford's got a great shot to do it again. You know, one, one thing about USC, I said this before the season, I thought that this team was going to play a bunch of games in the 60s and 70s because the offense might be nearly unstoppable, but the defense not going to stop any people. But as far as Stanford goes, it could be a little bit different game because the Cardinal are going to want to run the ball, control the pace. This could be one of those lower-scoring games that USC's involved in. I like Stanford, not as much. At nine, than it was a double digits, but I still like the Cardinals. All
7: well, the money, Paul and Mitch Vison, the Sports Betting Network. Matt Eumann's our guest. Here we go, my friend. We kick it off Thursday. The story of week one in the NFL, ten home dogs, including the defending yeah. champs. Can you believe it? Ralph Michaels points out it's only happened 2016 with the Broncos, 2002 with the Patriots. Uh, everyone on the Bills here, two and a half. What do you think of the Rams, the defending champs, one of ten home dogs?
9: You know, have we ever had 10 home dogs in NFL week one ever? I'm not sure. I mean, this has got to be a first. Mm -hmm. I can't remember this many home dogs in a week. I go back to, uh, you know, that playoff game, Bills, Chiefs. I've watched that replay probably 10 times. Josh Allen looked like Superman in that game. And I think that sticks in a lot of people's minds when they look at the Bills and they're the preseason Super Bowl favorites. I think the, the Rams are being disrespected a little bit here. And uh, don't forget, the Bills' best corner, Tredavious White, is out. And that's going to make a difference Mm -hmm. in this game. And um, I I think I'll probably wait because people are so in love with the Bills that there's a chance a couple books in Vegas, who knows, maybe a couple across the country will go to three before kickoff. I would grab that three for sure. If not, I'll take the two and a half. I actually like the Rams' chances to win this game.
7: All right. I'm intrigued by this game, and I'm confident Mm -hmm. the Raiders will have more fans in Los Angeles, and there's no home field advantage there. But it was four, then it was three and a half, and now it's three. You took the points with the Raiders. Tell us why.
9: Yeah, also in that previous game, Matthew Stafford's uh, you know, arm injury is not going to be a factor. Right. So that's, that's that's another reason. Now, you know, here you've got two quarterbacks who finished uh, in the top five in the NFL in passing yards last season, Derek Carr and Justin Herbert. I think you're going to see some wild shootouts in the AFC West this season, and this should be one of them. Uh, the Chargers, here's the weakness. They ranked 23rd in total defense and 30th in rushing last season. And uh, one they added Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson the corner, and defensive lineman Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin, John- Austin Johnson. I'm still not sure how much better the Chargers are going to be against the run. But they could have some problems against the pass here because J.C. Jackson uh, just had uh, ankle surgery in late August, and he's going to be out. So even though Josh McDaniels is going to be tempted to pound the ball on the ground, I think the Chargers are going to have a hell of a hard time stopping the Raiders through the air. With Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, uh, the Raiders should be alive to win this game. And actually, if you look around right now, the best number of plus three and a half is out there at DraftKings, South Point, and Westgate. I think those might disappear. Uh, This Raiders team looks pretty good. By the way, these teams played, you guys remember, a classic Week 18 game in Las Vegas. Justin Herbert was 34 for 64 in that game, but the Raiders got the win. I think the Raiders got a good shot to get the win here, too. By the way, the Chargers, uh, every team in the AFC has uh, one fewer home game this season, eight home games. The Chargers, you said the Raiders might have the home field advantage or the home crowd advantage. Yep. The Chargers are also going to be at a disadvantage at home in their last game of the season against the Rams. So they really only have like six or seven true home games this season, which you have to keep in mind if you're inclined to bet the Chargers over their season win total, which I would not.
2: Yeah, Matt, we're up against it. You also like the Texans plus eight and the Buccaneers minus one and a half. Follow him on Twitter. He's at twenty 247 Thanks, pal. Good luck this week.
9: Okay, you bet.
2: Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, man. There you go. If you want deep dives from Matt Humans and more, they're all on vsyn.com only for vsyn pro subscribers. Become a pro at slash subscribe. And the pro tip this hour, every hour here on vsyn, you want to bet the Vikings in teasers to go through the key number of seven? Uh, I would suggest that you do that very soon because I'm not going to be surprised if Minnesota goes off the favorite in this game. And that way, that teaser leg is uh, going to go. Bye bye. So that's the pro tip of the hour. Every hour uh, across every VSIN show, at least 20 a day. Again, vsin.com. Pro subscribers can get it at vsin.com. The first hour of Follow the Money is brought to you exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Log in, get a 20% profit boost on Major League Baseball bets every single Tuesday. It must be 21 plus. Offer is not valid in all areas. Check BetRivers.com for full offer details and rules. Bunch of picks there from uh, Matt Humans. Up next. We will get into some uh, NFL props, including the highest or lowest scoring team in the league on Sunday. Now, fine print there. That does not include the Thursday night game or the Monday game. So only the Sunday games, the highest scoring and the lowest scoring team on Sunday. Props with odds coming up here and follow the money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
8: Bet River Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. Bet River Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one-time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. First, your hometown sportsbook. First your hometown sportsbook. First, your, your hometown.
6: This is Follow the Money on vSEN.
7: We're ready to go in two days. Rams, Bills, get our pro guide. VEASAN subscribers, get all the tools to prep for the seasons. Win totals from every host. Advanced stats, power ratings. Sign up for the early and discounted rate of 175 College and NFL guide. And all access through the Super Bowl of $40 a month. vison.com slash subscribe.
2: Professional sports better Paul stone joins uh, joins the show now as he does every single Tuesday he's on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports and uh, also does the Paul Stone sports podcast. Paul good morning. Uh, how are you approaching this Alabama Texas game again uh, we call you like you know Mr. Texas or Mr. Longhorn here on the network because you live you know close to the Austin area and you 've known this program very well for a long long time. I bet. I laid the 18 with Bama right away on Sunday from right here at Circa. I also contemplated a play on the over, but I didn't bet it fast enough. Um, How are you approaching this matchup coming up on Saturday?
10: Well, you know, first of all, I think Alabama may be now up to 20 uh, at many stores uh, around the marketplace. And, you know, you look at this Alabama team and how they're approaching this game early in the season, you're not going to see a lull from Nick Saban playing one of his former assistants, Steve Sarkeesian, Uh, Texas is going to get what I call Alabama's full collective team psyche. So I think Alabama's going to bring their their best. 20 is just a little too high to to take the underdog, and I could see Alabama winning this game big. So I'm going to look at the total. And first of all, looking at Texas's defense, against the 10 power five opponents that the Longhorns played last year, those opponents averaged 35.5 points per game against the Longhorns. Oklahoma scored 55 against Texas. Kansas in regulation <laughs> scored 49 in uh, route to that 57-56 oh. overtime shocker. Texas's defense, you know, sure it's going to be better this season, but is it that much better? You know, especially going against a championship caliber offense such as Alabama's. The Longhorns last year, they rarely pressured the quarterback, only had 20 sacks all season. So how much pressure are they going to apply? to last year's Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, on Saturday. He might just be able to, to be back there, you know, playing pitch and catch. If Alabama scores 42, the over has roughly a 50-50 shot, but I think the Tide's going to score more than that. Texas' defense simply not deep enough or talented enough at this point to slow down a team like Alabama. As far as the other offense, you know, Texas definitely has a top-ten caliber unit. Uh, despite that middling offensive line, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, they give the Longhorns probably the, the best one two punch of any backfield in the nation. Both guys can run the football, they can catch the, back, uh, the ball out of the backfield. Xavier Worthy's a great vertical threat. Tight end Jatavian Sanders, I've been saying it all summer. He's an emerging star. Keep an eye on him on Saturday. So I think Texas is going to be able to score three touchdowns or so here. Line opened around. The total did on Sunday. Now 62. I still like it. Take Alabama, Texas over the total of 62.
7: Okay. Very good. Good luck to you, sir. Uh, Let's go to Central Michigan. Lovely time this year. Uh, I I don't, I watched that whole game against Oklahoma State, and two of the touchdowns were late, but they had no problem moving the ball against Oklahoma State and scored 44 points on them. McElwain also went conservative, trying to like a 50 yard field goal, which was fourth and three. At the time as well, only four and a half here at home against South Alabama. What say you on this game?
10: Yeah, I mean, like you know, like you said, this was this game was over last week. Oklahoma State Central Michigan pretty much by by halftime. Uh, the Chippewas trailed forty-four to fifteen at the half, but they actually finished the game with a five hundred and forty-six to five thirty-one total yard uh, total yardage advantage. Chippewas have a very talented quarterback in Daniel Richardson. He threw for 424 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception against Oklahoma State uh, this past week. South Alabama uh, and their new quarterback as well, Toledo transfer Carter Bradley, they took care of business in their season opener, uh, easily disposing of FCS member Nichols State, 48-7. You've got the Chippewas again coming off a defeat on the road. The Jaguars coming off a victory. At home, against an FCS opponent, Central Michigan certainly doesn't want to start the season 0-2. Got a lot of technical trends in this game supporting Central Michigan as well. Under fourth-year head coach Jim McElwain, the Chippewas, 8-3 against the spread off a straight-up loss, and also 7-2 against the spread as a home favorite. And then as far as South Alabama, the Jaguars, off their last 33 straight-up victories, only eight. Twenty-four and one against the spread, and only fourteen and twenty-four against the spread, as an away underdog. I like a lot of things in this game, uh, favoring Central Michigan. Yeah, make the Chippewas lay the four and a half.
7: Paul Stone, our guest at Paul Stone Sports on Twitter, Paul Stone Sports Podcast, Paulie and Mitch Visa, and the Sports Betting Network. To the team you just mentioned in that game, Central Michigan lost to Oklahoma State there at home against Arizona State, laying eleven.
10: You know, Arizona State, obviously, since last year, numerous player defections. They have the specter of an NCAA investigation uh, hovering above the program. They've probably endured, has Arizona State more turmoil over the past year than any other college football program in America. Uh, Of the players leaving, certainly the most notable uh, was quarterback Jaden Daniels, uh, who didn't enter the transfer portal until mid-February, ultimately landed at LSU. Uh, The Sun Devils were really fortunate uh, to uh, subsequently uh, pick up Florida starting quarterback, Emory Jones. Uh, But there's still some drop-off there. All in all, uh, Arizona State, they entered the 2022 season as one of the most inexperienced teams uh, in all of college football. Only returned seven returning starters, three on offense, four on defense. Oklahoma State... You know, they're certainly replacing lots of talent off last year's outstanding defense, no question about it. They lose the entire linebacking core, three-quarters of their secondary. But the Cowboys do return a first-team all-Big 12 quarterback, uh, Spencer Sanders, a guy who's a fourth-year starter, a dual-threat guy who's thrown for more than 7,300 yards, rushed for another 1,600, so a very dynamic player at the quarterback position. Arizona State, in its opener last week, they did easily handle Northern Arizona 40-3, but the Lumberjacks are not one of those, you know, high-level FCS teams, only 16-23 straight up since the start of 2018. I don't give, you know, that victory a whole lot of weight over an FCS team, even though it was decisive. It's going to be a difficult season in Tempe. Mm-hmm. I think that difficult season starts tonight, Take or starts this week, rather, take Oklahoma State minus 11 over Arizona State.
7: Okay, very good. Uh, you went to UT Howard, what would you make of the comments by Sark yesterday? On It's one game. My goal is to be in Dallas December 3rd. This game has no impact on that.
10: I like it, and I understand it. I mean, he, he's got a young football team. He's got a lot of talented players, but Texas still has a lot of deficiencies, especially on defense uh, and in the offensive line. They're going to have a great offensive line in a couple of years. Kelvin Banks, their true freshman left tackle, going up against Will Anderson on Saturday. is going to be very interested. But I think he's just protecting a young football team. He's going to be pumped through the gills for this game. But at the same time, you know, he knows there's a possibility. Uh, they could get, uh, you know, defeated in big fashion. And mm-hmm. he just wants to protect his football team. This is a 13-game season if you count a bowl game in and, and one game. You know, you, you, it's important to them. It, it's huge. It would be something if they could at least compete with Alabama. We'll find out a lot about this Texas team on Saturday. You can
2: follow him on Twitter, at Paul Stone Sports. Listen, download, subscribe to his podcast, the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Uh, always good to talk to you, uh, buddy. Good luck this week. We'll talk to you soon.
10: Good deal. Same to you guys. Have a great week.
2: We track all the picks and best bets offered on VEASAN every day with picks at a glance. The Daily Summary is only for VEASAN Pro subscribers. Find them at VEASAN.com or through our email newsletter, the VEASAN Daily. Become a VEASAN Pro at com slash subscribe. What do you think of
7: yours with that story? His Porsche was towed during the game. Quarterback. I'd Like the wrong pass,
2: I don't know where to park. I don't I think college football's changed maybe a little bit, <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, imagine yeah. growing up today and being just like a 14, 15 year old stud playing quarterback, and you know that you're like a four or five star, and you can go to pretty much any year how life would be different for you compared to like previous generations. I mean, my god, I, I'm I have nothing against it. I'm just saying it's just yeah. it's a totally different world, yeah. You can show up on campus driving a Porsche like this and get out with a duffel bag full of money, no problem, you can do whatever you want. You're the you 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 want to talk can about
7: a big man on campus? I know, but can you imagine having a million dollars at eighteen or nineteen and just
2: <laughs> the stupid things you would buy? All right, well, I mean, what oh, would you, you'd be dangerous. Like, what would the motivation factor be like? Oh
7: God, There's have Se- no concept seriously. of money. You don't know what the hell's
2: going on. No, exactly right. Like, would you would you care? I mean, honestly, because you want to hang around your friends all the time. Throwing it around. Let's go. I buy drinks. Party. Exactly that, yeah. right. Hey, I had a bad game on Saturday. So what? I still have nine hundred eighty-seven thousand in my bank. Yeah. And I got more nil nil money coming. Good point. That's what happened to Rattler.
7: He had he was yeah. getting trucks and he had two nil deals and. Uh, that's right. Game about the cad couldn't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure.
2: I, I, just, I I'm trying to put myself in the in the shoes of a kid like that, and I probably know how I would have operated. Yeah. Right. Uh, good breakdown from Paul. I mean, I, I just it should be a plethora of points. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Alabama should score a bunch. Right, coming up next, the best football writer in the country, Peter King, will join the show. Now, he has nailed the last three Super Bowl winners before the season actually started. And, he, and four years ago, he nailed both teams, but he had the Rams over the Patriots. What are common traits with his pick for this year? We'll ask him that coming up next.
6: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
9: you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money
7: on VSN.
2: Welcome back. It is Follow the Money here on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, NFL here as uh, the best football writer in the country. Peter King joins the program. NBC Sports, uh, football morning in America. Good morning, sir. How are you today?
4: Good morning, guys. How are you?
2: Doing really well. So I don't know how you've done this over the past three years. I'll include the you know four years I overall. You. Because... <laughs> You, you, four years ago, you called, before the season started, Rams over the Patriots. Well, they both got there. And you have nailed the previous three Super Bowl winners Like at this time of the season. It's very difficult to do. You're calling Bills over Packers this year in the Super Bowl. Do the Bills have any common traits from the previous three or four years when you pick your uh, Super Bowl teams?
4: Yeah, what I've decided to do in more recent years, I, I, you know, in prior years, um I, you know, made these long checklists of what I like and what I didn't like about every team and all that. And honestly, recently, I just said, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick the team that I just get the best feeling about um, about all, all aspects of their team. I'm just gonna pick the team I get the best feeling about. Uh, I'm gonna pick them to win the Super Bowl Now, I have not felt as good about a team, uh, you know, as I have with Buffalo this year in a long time. Uh, I just think they've got tremendous depth. They have the best weapon in the NFL at quarterback. As much as I love Patrick Mahomes, I just think there are so many things that Josh Allen does well, throws the deep ball, plows over linebackers, I think he's going to be doing that a little bit less this year, mm-hmm. but I I just think there's a lot to like, a lot to love, honestly, about this team this year. Um, so that's kind of what I've done. I mean, the weirdest one probably was picking Tampa two years ago, coming off a seven and nine season, even though they had Brady, um, you know, in free agency. But my theory on the Bucks a couple of years ago was that. The previous year with Jameis Winston playing, he threw six interceptions and gave away the last two games. So they could have been nine and seven you know, and ending the year hot, but instead they just gave away games and finished seven and nine. So everybody thought same old Bucks, but I just said they're not the same old Bucks. They got a really talented team. They just had a quarterback who gave too many games away. And now they have the ultimate quarterback who never gives games away or very rarely gives games away. So I, I just I, – I like to try to pick teams or a team that I just feel the best about coming out of training camp.
7: Enjoyed reading all your uh, predictions. This one surprised me. While I think the Saints are going to be a playoff team, you have the Saints as the one seed in the NFC. And how much is that – But the moves they made – or is it anti-Tampa Bay with the Brady news and the injuries on the offensive line?
4: I think the injuries on the offensive line are going to be a factor. I can't tell you how much of a factor, but they will be a factor. When you're starting a guy who you really didn't plan to play this year at left guard uh, in Goteke, uh, you're starting Robert Hainesy at center who's never played a game at center in his career, he was a right tackle at Notre Dame. Uh, he never started a game at center. Uh, and then you got Shaq Mason, kind of an old standby at right guard. The injury with the Bucks that I'm just not really sure if it's going to be a factor at all. I think they have the best right tackle in football and Tristan worse. And he missed a bunch of time this summer with an oblique injury. Is that fully healed? Is that going to be a problem this year? You know, I don't know, but uh, I mean, I look at I look at New Orleans in two ways. One, I think they've got a top five to seven defense right now. Um, I think that they improved their receiver position mightily by in drafting Chris Olave, who I think is going to be offensive rookie of the year, in uh, mm-hmm. signing Jarvis Landry um, to play in the slot, and then. Obviously they think they're going to have Michael Thomas back who knows what that holds. You know, he's missed most of the last two years, but I think they're going to be, you know, significantly improved at receiver, but here's the one stat about the new Orleans saints. I mean, get this since the Bucks signed Tom Brady, the saints and bucks have played four regular season games. All right. The saints are four and zero, and every game, has been more than a one-score game. Wow! The closest game has been nine points. So, you know, you, at some point, you've got to say, okay, it's a horse crap division, <laughs> top to bottom.
7: Yeah.
4: And 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 you know, the team that that seems to own Tom Brady and the Bucks, uh, it, you know, is a pretty good team too, and they're going to be a lot more explosive this year. So that's how I fell on New Orleans uh, as
7: the okay. top seed. Okay. I, I love this as, as well. The last time you were on, you told us, in all your years covering the NFL, this is the best division you've ever seen, the AFC West. You have Denver missing the playoffs, and I think a lot of people are high on the Chargers but don't know what – I mean, as, as people in the organization told you, how did we miss the playoffs last year? They routed Cincinnati and then were blown out by Baltimore, Houston – And uh, and Denver?
4: They had just a weird year last year. But you have a weird year when you have a leaky defense. They averaged 4.8 yards per opposing rush last year. They they missed the playoffs because Josh Jacobs abused them in overtime uh, in game 272 last year. And so to my way of thinking, I think uh, the Chargers have really answered a lot of their a lot of their big questions coming out of last year. Um, they're better on the defensive line with Sebastian Joseph Day coming from the Rams. Um, you know, they've got two other, you know, run players that they acquired in the offseason. Um, Khalil Mack, I don't know what you're going to get out of him, but even if you get 80% of classic Khalil Mack, that's going to be a huge plus. Uh, with having uh Bosa on the other side, so i I just think they've answered a lot of the questions that they had last year when they were getting blown out by the Houstons and Denvers in the world
7: okay, and you have the Patriots going seven and ten. What do you make of all the uh <laughs> issues in New England and not who's calling the plays and all that business?
4: I just don't know who's going to make plays in New England. I think they're going to have to be a very heavy run team to win. They love Ramondre Stevenson, who is a sneaky, fun, high pick in fantasy drafts. If you've got one, Um, I I just think, I just, I don't know. I don't know that any of their receivers are certainly not even close to number one receivers. Um, I just don't, I, I don't have a good feel after being at their training camp and seeing them and, and, and listening to people talk about them and their issues. Of course, you know, Belichick is a big factor. And everybody said, well, who's calling the plays? I think when, when Tom Brady was a rookie and uh, they, they lost uh, their quarterback coach, Dick Ravine, they unexpectedly died
9: mm-hmm.
4: uh, in training camp. You know, Bill Belichick stepped in and basically coached the quarterbacks. And so, I think Belichick is going to do is going to be very, very involved on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but you know, it remains to be seen if they have enough players who can get the job done that the mastermind is trying to get the get done.
2: Yep, Peter, we have like a minute left. Uh, you're you like the Titans to win that division and the Colts also to miss the playoffs. That was a little surprising to me.
4: I felt bad about that because I visited Indianapolis and I think Matt Ryan is going to be really, really good. I think they got a great, potentially great second round pick in wide receiver, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Um, He's mature beyond his years. I think he's going to be a big factor early. And I think Jonathan Taylor is going to win his second straight rushing title. There's not a lot to not like, um, I I do like them, but I question their defense a little bit, whether they have enough playmakers there, how good Shaq Leonard is going to be for the full season. He enters the year with a backslash calf injury. Um, You know, I just, I I have a good feeling about them. It's kind of like Denver. I'll probably live to regret them, Hmm. live to regret not picking them for the playoffs.
2: You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Peter underscore King, and make sure you read him at uh, NBC Sports. The Good uh, f- the Football Morning America column has been just spectacular over the years. Peter, thanks so much for the time today. We love talking to you.
4: Hey, appreciate it, guys. Thank
2: you. Yep. Thank you, sir. There you go. Up next, okay, we will reset and rehash the entire interview with Peter King. His predictions. We'll go over those. Do we agree or disagree? Coming up here and follow the MoneyVest and the Sports Betting Network.
7: baby and you're just lying there watching on the couch uh- uh-uh, uh that's not gonna cut it you need to get in the game with best river sportsbook there you go now you're live in the action
2: live in game bets live player prop bets live player prop bets live player prop bets live
6: this is all of the money on feeN.
7: No one knows football like VEASAN. Now's the time to become a VEASAN subscriber. Get our college and pro football guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the seasons. Profiles of every team, advanced stats, power ratings, best bet on season win totals, player awards. Sign up early for the discounted rate of $175. Both guides and access all the way through the Super Bowl or join us for $40 a month and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. vison.com slash subscribe.
2: Adam Chernoff joins the program now. His podcast is called The Simple Handicap, and he's also very good at Covers.com. Good to talk to you as always, pal. On Tuesdays, we'll talk to you again on Friday about some player props at that time. I was watching the replay yesterday of the Bills-Chiefs game, and like I, I get it, right? The way Josh Allen played out of his mind, they should have won the game. The way they looked in the previous playoff game against the Patriots, they were uh, they were a machine last year. The hype now seems to be, like everybody has empower rated by far now, like the best team in the NFL, the way it seems, a two and a half point favorite against the Rams on Thursday night. Thoughts on this game, and is there any chance the Bills could be slightly overrated entering the season? Oh,
6: okay. Overpriced, probably. Overrated, I think, is quite a subjective term nowadays that gets tossed around. What I will say about the Bills is it's kind of a tough team to grade overall based on what they did a season ago. Because on defense, they had so many games that were against backup or third-string quarterbacks, or there was wind, or there was heavy rain, cold. And so that really helped the defense a lot. And mm-hmm. at the same time, it kind of suppressed the offense as good as it was. So like the Bills were the number one defense last year. I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. But then again, their offense was top five, but how good could that offense potentially be, so it's tough, but I mean, this is as expensive as you're going to see of a team almost ever in I the have. NFL, and so from that perspective, I think they're probably overpriced, but overrated, maybe not.
7: Okay, take us, oh, sorry, continue. I thought you were done. Uh, take us through what you see Thursday, and you see a ton of points. You also gave out Davis over receiving yards, 57 and a half. I see 61 and a half now at Bet Rivers, and you also have a prop on Robinson.
6: So the total is, I think, really good for the over. At 52.5 is the price that you want. Kind of touches on what I just got into. So, again, the Bills offense Mm -hmm. last year, especially the last seven weeks of the season, the backup quarterbacks, weather, wind. And so that defense, I think, just is really inflated coming into the season. And they're going to be without Tredavious White. So that's cornerback number one. Jordan Poyer will play. He's their best safety, but he didn't practice all August. So we don't know how healthy he is. The problem here is that you're going to have to bracket Cooper Cup, which means a cornerback and a safety on him. And the Bills are going to be starting Kair Elam, who's a rookie, making his debut. So that rookie either has to deal with Cooper Cup or he gets put on Allen Robinson. I'm pretty confident he's going to be put on Robinson, which is just a horrible matchup for him to begin his NFL career. Mm. And the reason I like the Robinson over is because that's a guy that comes from seven years of playing with just horrible quarterbacks, now stepping into this Rams offense as the number two, where Stafford's elbow was a non-issue going into this first week. So it's a really good matchup for the Rams offense, and specifically Robinson. So I really like that. But on the other side... There's Jalen Ramsey as the number one corner for the Rams. The drop-off beyond that is quite severe. And the one thing the Bills did well in the offseason was kind of shuffle around their roster, but we really have seen the emergence of Gabe Davis as the number two late in the year, which now has to be factored in for week one. But also Isaiah McKenzie will play in this game. There was speculation he may miss it because of injury. Now he's that solid number three. And so this is a Bills offense again, I think a little bit suppressed, as great as they were a year ago because of the weather, you're putting them indoors on the fast track, and you're getting a Ram secondary that depth-wise is really going to be tested. And so I think this is a great spot for the game to go over. And I like both those number twos, Gabe Davis, and on the other side, Allen Robinson, who I really like both of those guys to go over their receiving yard totals as well. So An exciting game to start things off on Thursday night. Okay.
7: Uh, I'm, I'm with you on this. Everything Colts. Division over possible one seed, all of it. Big on the Colts down on Tennessee. What do you think of the Colts matchup week one? Biggest road favorite of his career, Matt Ryan, going to Houston.
6: I think that's fine. I went with the total. I played over 46. We'll say 46 and a half this morning to keep it fair for everyone watching. There's one constant that has come out of the Colts training camp and practices all August and all offseason, and that's how quick Matt Ryan is operating and how fast their pace is on offense. Last year, the Colts were 31st in down-to-down snap pace. This year, I think this is a team that's going to be well above average. And so compared to the Texans' totals in this matchup a season ago, those games closed 45-and-a-half, and 45 and a half. We're at the same price right now. And I would just sort of challenge that if we think the Colt faster, which I do, and we think Matt Ryan is a better quarterback, which I think everybody does, then that's gonna go proving this Colts offense. And then the big question on the other side is, what the Texans offense? Davis Mills quietly finished the season a year ago as an above average quarterback in the final six weeks yards per play, EPA per play. He now has the full off Pep Hamilton offensive system, which I think is an upgrade overall to what they had a year ago. So I think the Texans are fair to say coming into week one, going to be better offensively too. And so it's a Colts offense that's going to be much quicker, much faster with a better quarterback. And it's a Texans offense with Mills in a little bit better of a position with the new offensive scheme. Both of those things combined this totals the same as what we saw in the matchups last year. It's got to be higher. And so I think this has to be above 47. If you're getting better than that number, this is a nice over to take to start the Sunday season as well.
2: Let's follow the money here on VSYN, the Sports Betting Network. Adam Shernoff, our guest, the Simple Handicap Podcast. Also covers .com. The Sunday night game is a doozy to kick off the season as well. on on Well, that primetime slot. The Buccaneers are laying two against the Cowboys, a total here is 50 and a half. It's a rematch of the first game of the season a year ago. What are your thoughts here?
6: So it's one that I've kind of been back and forth on, but where it gets interesting, kind of focusing in on Brady. He wasn't at training camp. What was he doing? All the offseason issues the Buccaneers are having, the coaching change. What's being missed is the fact that the Cowboys have been sort of an abject disaster for the last six weeks. Mike McCarthy can't seem to get anything right. The Cowboys lose Tyron Smith on the left side of the offensive line. And without him in the lineup, this is a Cowboys offense that's really struggled to run the football. And we've seen Prescott's passing splits go down quite a bit as well and matched up against this Buccaneers defensive line, which is going to be one of the best in football. This is a bit of a nightmare because Mike McCarthy has been saying all offseason that they want to get back to running the football. They want to trust Zeke between the tackles. You have 750 pounds of man in the middle of that Buccaneers defensive line with the addition of Akeem Hicks next to Vita Vey. I mean, this is as good of a run-stopping front as there's going to be in football. And now we know Michael Gallup will not be playing. That was expected. But CeeDee Lamb has been dealing with a nagging foot injury as the number one. So as many issues as the Buccaneers might have, I think we can be much more certain that the Cowboys probably have a lot more. And this number actually shortened because of the Brady News missing camp. But I think there's bigger issues with the Cowboys side. So uh, I don't know. I think this number should trend back to where it was originally at open, which closer to three. And if you're seeing a money line for the Bucks at minus 125 this morning, I think that's a really good bet to take on Sunday Night Football.
2: Okay, very good stuff. And then Cowboys' win totals under missed the playoffs as well.
6: Yeah, again, like both of those two, uh, Mike McCarthy, I think, in the hot seat. uh, You can find some first coach fired markets. Um, I know there's sort of Sean Payton in the waiting. But, again, the, Mm -hmm. the defense last year overachieved to an extent that we've not seen in the last 15 years in terms of what any team has done off of takeaways They generated so many. They had so much success off of it. The returns, it was a historically high rate for how sort of fortunate they were off of takeaways. That's not something that teams can replicate year to year. There's a lot of randomness in this. So the defense takes a big step back. Zamari Cooper, they're still without Gallup. The offensive line is incredibly banged up. They're talking about running the football more. Mike McCarthy can't get this team going in any good direction. The uh, Cowboys are a, are a straight fade and an under for me much of the season.
2: Yep, great stuff as always. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Adam Schirnoff. We'll talk to you again on Friday for player props.
6: A lot of them coming. We'll see what ultimately holds. It's busy 24 <laughs> hours with people jumping out in front of the prop market. Uh, a lot of stuff moving like crazy, but I think we're going to have a number of them to look at Friday morning. that will be really good to set everyone
2: up for a fun Sunday. For sure. Very good. Talk to you then. Great job. Thanks, guys. Yep. We track all the picks and best bets offered on VSIN every day with Picks at a Glance. This daily summary is only for VSIN Pro subscribers. Find them at vsin.com or through our daily uh, email newsletter, the Daily. Become a VSIN Pro at slash subscribe. Good breakdowns uh, there from Adam Chernoff on three different games in the NFL. In pocket plays are up next. And if you missed Peter King earlier today, why he's so high on his Super Bowl pick this year?